what's up everything things are not going great for the blues in the last week as they had to visit one of the worst places on the face of the planet quebec they lost two games and saw an orange man in a white house and we'll talk about all of it so let's get started and let's go blues Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Wednesday, October sixteenth, or October, as our friends mm. to the house say it. We are recording tonight from uh, from Colleen Rooney's private Instagram channel. If you want to hear about that, you're gonna have to visit our other podcast from our alter egos also named Ian and Steven, at the STL Podcast, now available on iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. Google Play, mm-hmm. all the stuff. Wherever anyway, you get your podcast. A lot of fun, a lot of craziness going on in the world of soccer, but this isn't a soccer podcast. This is the Two Guys One Cup podcast, and the boys did have a Stanley Cup this week. They still do. They are still Stanley Cup champions. Not a lot else going right. Ian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic (laughs) i'm doing tired (laughs) i'm tired but i'm also more awake than i've ever been oh (laughs) i might be tired but i'm definitely woke Woke. there There we go we were working towards it we got it we got it baby we We workshopped it it live (laughs) that's the end of this episode we've reached the top see ya i'm out (laughs) uh yeah we are uh awakening awokening waking up to the realities of the st louis blues post stanley cup bliss a pretty picture yet i would say mm-hmm. we are going to discuss this and then we're gonna try and figure out the appropriate panic level is it a, a 93 where i was on uh monday afternoon or is it you know more of a two where a lot of people <laughs> are is it a six or a seven we'll figure it out folks if you're at a two you're dead wrong you're dead wrong you're wrong we'll talk about it We'll talk about it. We're very happy people. Shiny, happy people. That's what we are. <laughs> Shiny, happy people. So, uh, the Blues went to Montreal in Quebec. They don't even speak English there, and we still lost. Uh, and uh, Ian and I were spared from watching this game uh, because we went to the STLFC game, which was also brutal in its own right, mm-hmm. but uh, was a, new a little kind less of sloppy and a fresher feeling brutal. Um, and you can hear all about that over on the Soccer <laughs> Talk Lads podcast, as long as as long as we're hard selling ourselves. But um, this was not a great game from the highlights I've watched, and. Not a just a sloppy effort overall. Ian, you spent a little more time with these highlights. Do you want to walk us through this one? Yeah, so as you're all aware, this is a 6 3 drubbing of the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. And you know, to be fair, it didn't look like that on the score sheet for a while there. It looked like the Blues were holding their own. But from what I can tell, especially shot wise and just possession metrics wise, they held nothing. <laughs> yeah, the score might have been close at some points this game, but the play was not. Uh, the Habs open up the scoring 12 minutes, 59 seconds into the third period. Third period, first period. Oh, goodness. So tired. T- 
Thomas Tatar gets his second of the season, assisted by Brendan Gallagher and Philip Dano. Dano wins the faceoff clean against Sunquest. Gallagher backhands the puck towards the slot. Gunnarsson is never able to get his stick on the bouncing puck there in the slot, and Tatar gathers it instead and rolls the rolling puck up and over Bennington. Uh, not a great look on this goal from a number of people. Sunquist loses the puck or the puck battle, the faceoff clean. Petrangelo doesn't really defend Gallagher off the boards at any point in time, and Gunnarsson just kind of gets unlucky not being able to corral that rolling puck. I think Bennington thought that perhaps Tatar on this goal was just going to com- completely go the other side of the goalie. Completely, uh... Well, to be fair, assuming that Tomas Tatar would suck is not yeah. out of the realm of possibility. I think he thought he was going to continue his route instead of backhanding this puck in the opposite direction, and it, it worked in his favor. Abs are up one nothing, but I just saw the shot chart for this here. Game. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, the Blues answer. Seventeen minutes fifty seven seconds into the first period, Braden Shen gets his fourth goal of the season. Braden Shen on a little bit of a heater, uh, assisted by Tarasenko and Shen, Schwartz. Whole not a win. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, thanks Shen, but it's not helping. Uh, <laughs> Don't be trying Maybe to... stop being uh, so selfish. Yeah, it's helping in his own way. He's really padding his stats. You already got the contract. You can give up. Uh, Domi tries a stretch pass to a team in the left boards, but Schwartz picks it off in the neutral zone. Schwartz passes the puck up to Tarasenko on the right boards, and they both enter the zone. Schwartz drives the net, and Tarasenko passes to the late man, Shen, who enters the high slot, and Shen whips a wrister past Price. Uh, ringed off the post, went off the post, hit the top camera inside of the net and then bounced out for a minute or two there a minute or two a second or two there they thought for sure that this was one of those posts just postal clerk shots but no indeed it actually had gone in the net (laughs) one one but then the halves what is this this is less than two minutes later less than a uh, less than a minute later jonathan druian scores his second of the season this is by ben sharat and christian folan you know, come to think of it, if he was an at all rosterable player, Sharats of Fire would be a pretty good hockey team. Yeah. Game. If you've got him on your team, we I'm sorry. Apologize but may, yeah. to yourself. <laughs> but also, you've got a fun name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, finds Dream with a blue line to blue line pass. Dream splits between Petrangelo and Falk. Real nasty look and fires the puck under Bennington's blocker. Way too lax in neutral zone. They're just, I mean, the pass goes completely untouched. What the hell are Dunn and Petrangelo, or Petrangelo and Flock even doing there? I, I don't know. For it a looked... brief moment, I thought Vince Dunn made a mistake, and I knew that couldn't be That's, right. So yeah, he's our it. special little boy. Uh, Petrangelo, <laughs> let's see. I'm looking at this, this gif as it's happening. Petrangelo sort of just gives Drewing the ice. Mm-hmm. And then Falk, I believe, is guarding his man on the right and then realizes that there's no need to guard him. The puck carrier is beyond everyone and this <laughs> just kind of tries for a lazy stick left and never quite gets there. Uh-huh. Uh, I really wish Petrangelo would have just taken the body on this play. I know he's afraid of Dream beating him, but Dream beats him with the shot anyways. Yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. But really, I don't know. Like, it's neither of them touch the guy, and there's mm-hmm. two Blues players there. Believe me, folks, it gets worse, but not quite yet. Blues score a goal one minute into the second period. Sammy Blaze, third of the season. Uh, he would be leading the team if not for Braden Shen. So thank you, Braden. Uh, Sammy, keep it going. This was assisted by Mo Bo Meester, his first assist of the season. Two of the people on this team who are certainly pulling their weight. Yeah, we've got two. We've got at least two. 
Bennington for the most part. We've got at most three. <laughs> uh, and that is what I'll leave you with. Blay enters the offensive zone for his goal along the left boards of the puck. He cuts into the high slot with Bo Meester in front of him driving towards the net. There's a lot of uh, puck carriers dropping the puck off to a guy and driving the net. And I do enjoy that look. That's that's a good aggressive look for our offense. Blay takes a shot, but it bounces off of Bo Meester's skates and back to Blay, who is now in the lower right circle. Blay decides maybe shovel a backhand shot from the severe angle, <laughs> and the puck actually surprises Price as it goes over his glove and into the net. The old off Bowmeister back to myself pass. Yeah. I think that was a, a trick play on NHL Street. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. If Honestly, the, if they'd made an NHL yes. Street game, Jay Bowmeister would have been a cover athlete, Oh, man, so. I would have loved NHL Street. <laughs> NHL or uh, NFL Street made sense because people uh-huh. play street football, but it also didn't really make yeah. sense, and they gave up after that. Yeah, NHL. NBA Street. Oh, classic. Hot damn. Yeah. Mm. Shit, I want to go find that game now and play. Yeah, that's, so, that's so good. Let's stop the podcast. I didn't give, time I didn't give a damn about basketball. <laughs> I, mean, I played that at a friend's house like in uh, oh, yeah. sixth grade, and I was like, this is amazing. Uh-huh. And you unlock the players and everything? Mm. Love it. Unlocking players and stealing them from teams is still like my ultimate game mode yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Bring it back. Blues get a power play goal, a rare power play goal. Stay tuned to find out. Uh, 12 <laughs> minutes into the second period, Vince Dunn scores his first of the Vince season. Donna! Assisted see, by Shannon Tarasenko. Yes, he's perfect. <laughs> oh boy, it gets worse. Uh, Shannon Tarasenko play catch along the right board. Shen skates the puck into the right dot and finds Dunn with a cross zone pass as he creeps from the point to the inner left circle. Dunn takes a shot that beats Price Blocker's side. It's a nice power play goal. It's something I would like to see happen more often, this look. I always like the uh, the image of a goalie doing the like attempted shrug save. Just the, ooh! Oh, yeah. Didn't do anything, it's just... You know? it's, it's like you're so helpless at that point. But it's just like, ah, I'll throw something up it's there. It's your Let's weird, see. late reaction yeah. brain being like, do something. <laughs> Can't look stupid. Can't look stupid. Don't duck. So that was the Blues lead, 3-2. And as I alluded to, here's where it just got worse. <laughs> this is Philip Deneau's hey, goal. Hey, at least we held on to the lead for all of almost three minutes. Oh, man. A complete A sweet, sweet three, three minutes. minutes. 15 minutes into the second period, Philip Deneau's second goal of the season, assisted by Thomas Tatar and Brennan Gallagher. This uh, trio had a lot going on this game. Tatar enters the blue zone on the left boards. He cycles the puck back to the corner for Gallagher. Gallagher is met with some pressure from Pareko and Tarasenko, but he's able to get the puck back to Tatar, who had moved behind the net at this point. Deneau finds some quiet ice, which I will define later for you, (laughs) between all five Blues players in front of the net and bangs the puck home past Bennington. Uh, I wish, folks, you could see this gif. I keep watching it, and it keeps getting worse. All five, I want to say all five of them are in this shot. When I watch the replay, yeah, no, they there are, are five Blues players. One, two, three, four, five. They're all in a circle around Deneau and doing nothing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Quiet Go back ice. and watch this, watch this GIF. We'll throw it up on Twitter. You just have to see the uh, ridiculousness of this goal. Quiet oh my ice. God. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying it should be where no one is, but instead he moved to where everyone was. Uh-huh. He still, still got the works. puck and he still scored. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Oh, boy. 
third period. You're hoping for a third period comeback from the Blues. They've had strong third periods up until this game, I believe, this season. And then a new trend emerges. The Habs scored their fourth goal of the game, 7 minutes 30 seconds in. Arturi Lekkonen's first of the season, assisted by Jeff Petrie and Jordan Wheel. Wheel has a glorious chance on the backdoor feed from Petrie, uh, but someone gets a piece of it in front. The puck rebounds back to Petrie in the right corner. He cycles the puck around the boards. Lekkonen peels off and grabs the puck behind the Blues net. He goes for a wraparound. Jam play on the left side, but Bennington seals the post. Lekkonen takes a second whack at the puck, and it leaks through Bennington. Bennington is to blame on this goal. It was super weak. But don't let Pareko off the hook. He makes the lamest stick check on Lekkonen on the first jam play, and then he skates away. I know he's trying to defend the slot from whatever Habs player is lurking right there at the time, and maybe he thinks Bennington has it and is going to cover, but defend the paint. There's a guy right next to your goalie, and mm-hmm. even if your goalie's in a cover, you're already like, well, I'm skating away from him. No, how many times does a goalie cover? And there's a scrum, there's anything. He literally stick-checks him and turns his back to Lycan, and who's still whacking at the puck. And I will say, as I always do on goals like this, just because I know Darren Fang would want me to, VH, not the reverse VH. We're mm-hmm. all about it on the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It's but yeah, this is all everything you said is correct. It's yeah. not good on Bennington, but what are you doing? Why are why is nobody covering the guy behind the net to begin mm-hmm. with? It's all bad. It's all bad. Whoever I guess it must be Bo Meister who skates into frame right as the goal gets scored. Mm-hmm. I love it. He's just like, What happened? <laughs> uh the have scored their fifth goal. And then kind of shoves to know. Too. Yeah, it's like, how, how could he? 11 minutes, 50 seconds into the third period. Brendan Gallagher's second goal of the season, assisted by Max Domi and Victor Mete. Honestly, I don't even know how you would describe this goal. I wa- I, on, last night, as I was writing this, I watched this gif. I said, okay, that, that's a goal. Let's look at it again. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. So I'm going to write these notes. And then I, I was like, no, oh, what what did happen? I don't understand. I watched it over and over and over again. Domi dances in the blue <laughs> zone and through the Blay and Dunn, who do, both do nothing. Domi then passes the puck over to Gallagher, who loses it in his skates. It's a good pass in the sense that it reaches Gallagher, but it's not a tape-to-tape pass. It's in his skates. Gallagher gets turned around and is skating backwards toward Bennington. He bumps into Bennington, but it's not goalie interference. He gets a little butt bump. Mm-hmm. And then the puck is lost. No one knows where the puck is. There's three Blues players around Bennington. Uh, Falk, Dunn, and Blay do nothing to move Gallagher. Gallagher, I don't even know if he ever gets a piece of it again. I'm not entirely sure how this puck has the momentum to go through Bennington, but it does. It is the most, like, a bunch of people doing things around the puck with no one touching the puck, and Mm -hmm. then the puck just rolls in. Like, no one ever got more than a tiny little piece of this puck after Domi passes it to the goal scorer Gallagher. Did they not challenge interference on this one? I feel like it's the one where you wouldn't get it, but you should challenge Just try. I don't know if they did. Honestly, I'm not sure if they did. Uh, This was the poop cherry atop the turd sandwich. Mm -hmm. This was just like the creme de la poop of (laughs) of what I watched this game. Uh, There's a Habs empty net goal, and as our friend Jeff, who's provided this gift for us, has said... Through uh, Morgan Freeman, I don't give a shit. Uh, it was just empty net goal by Max Domi. Thank you, Jeff. 
we also do not give a shit. <laughs> the Canadians outshot the Blues in this game 38-29. to 29. The Blues had 57% of the faceoff wins. Uh, they were 1-for-2 on the power play. The Canadians 0-for-4. All right, PK mm. is looking solid, I suppose. Uh, Blues were out hit 30 to 26. They had more blocks 20 to 6. That'll happen when you don't have the puck. And they had fewer giveaways 11 to the Canadians 15. Those both seem very high. A sloppy game, maybe a sloppy neutral zone game is what I uh, gathered from a few different commentators or a few different people that watch this game. You know, I think you said it last time in the last podcast, either in the last podcast or the last time we talked. Bennington stopped an army a penalty shot in this oh, game, by the way. Shit. So I guess that's something. <laughs> you know what? Good for him. You don't see a lot of our goalies stopping penalty shots, so I'll take it. Um, I think you said it last podcast that with that Ottawa win we had right before this, uh-huh. it wasn't looking – the Blues didn't look put together. Blues looked sloppy. And I think you said you expected the next game to be a loss mm-hmm. because they're not going to have learned their lesson. Yeah. They got by by the seat of their pants win. by Ottawa, and they go, ah, the that's okay. The worst team in yeah. The and then we played a, a competent team in the Canadians, who even though they're in a very hard division, are definitely still, by any other metric, a fairly decent team. Mm-hmm. And they have Carey Price, always gives you a chance to win. And and you were right. They they skated into, uh, I'm sure they skated straight from Ottawa to Montreal. And they did not look good from puck drop on. They yeah. The promising thing. I mean, the Corsi 4 percentage, yeah. real quick, 72% for the Canadians in the first period, which was our worst period, even though it's our best scoring period. Um, and then it was 63% overall. We never led in a period. 52% was our second period. That was our best. Or, sorry, 47% mm. for us. But And that go- that heat map, I'll tweet that out, too, in case anybody wants to see it. It's just brutal. I mean, it's literally just a big red splotch in front of our goal or for the cheese are it's bad yeah that was not that was not a great defensive effort i was gonna say the one positive is we seem to be able to score a lot more easily than we have in the past so that's nice mm-hmm. but um defensively we're just a wreck right now and i'm wondering i don't know i don't necessarily want to break up Pareko bowmeister just yet but bowmeister by my eye has not looked very good mm-hmm. and you can we can rag on him as much as we want he's however old he is 35 something like that um and it seems like he starts season slow yeah but he did last year because he was hurt i don't think he's hurt right now but i'd like to see them get together because our shutdown pairing has not looked great Falk with petrangelo quite honestly i guess give it a couple more games but to me that experiment personally is over mm-hmm. and you just need to make it gunnerson Petrangelo, which i think they did in this game it looks like they did at least down the line dunfock i don't really know what i make of that pairing either i feel like we haven't seen it enough i feel like yeah. it has the potential to be really good but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean we can we can go more into it after the next game yeah, yeah. i have some thoughts on the de- defense but i don't want to forget to get back to them so would you rather remind me or would you no i'll remind you yeah okay Okay. you have more to say about this game specifically or no i guess it was just it was frustrating it was a frustrating loss to have 
something like this after the Ottawa game where you would think they'd get the kick in the pants they needed for being like, look, you can't take teams lightly. And so you took a team that you can take like lightly even less. Uh, you took them lightly, mm. and you got bit in the butt for it. So I was hoping this was going to be uh, a lesson learned, and instead they lost in a different way. Yeah, they lost um, in the opposite way almost. Like Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They lost, but like in a new way, in a different way. <laughs> There's, like, two schools of thought on this game, and I am in the more negative school of thought um, distinctly, which is, I'm sure, not a surprise to any, <laughs> any of you schmucks listening at home. You schmuck! <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And this is a team that... Won the Stanley Cup last year, so you expect good. So they went to Nassau Coliseum, and Darren Pang reminded us that the last time the Blues were in Nassau Coliseum, they won on the back of Marty Brodeur. Because, That's cool. I mean, it's a cool little factoid of history. It technically meaningless, but it's cool. <laughs> um, and it was a matinee game on a Monday, which is always going to be, it was always just going to be crappy. Stephen, what are your won. views on Columbus Day? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Pick the I, right one. I don't think we should play hockey at noon on it. There you go. But it is, was Canadian Thanksgiving. But also, I'm a huge fan of Christopher Columbus mm. and everything. And his did. work. And his work. <laughs> Actually, he did direct uh, the first couple well, Harry true. Potter that's movies. True. So I'm a big fan of those. I don't know why we insist that he killed Native <laughs> Americans. I don't think Christopher Columbus had anything to do with that. I don't that. see a lot of evidence for that. I do love <laughs> the score from Harry Potter. Yeah. Which, John Williams, Christopher Columbus, That's get them together, and you're exploring a whole new world <laughs> of enjoyment. <laughs> oh, boy. So, the Blues uh, <laughs> got out to a hot start on Canadian Thanksgiving, which also... Real quick, yeah, fuck you, Canada. This is what I want to get You can't have your own Thanksgiving. Did they even have actually it, have one? Yeah, and have it be otherwise the same as our Thanksgiving. Like, I know they have you, the holiday, but did they really have, like... I think so. I think they apparently, they Sunday, apparently, for one thing, apparently Sunday is their big yeah. Thanksgiving, but then Monday is like, the, this is the holiday we recognize so that people can have Monday off. The smart. same way we most, most people get Friday off, you know, at the oh, week of Thanksgiving. Canada. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's creative. But the having the holiday at a different time, and, and like in the middle of October, and is it always the weekend of Columbus Day? Because I, I used think so. to think it was like always November Ooh. 1st, but... I this is a real mystery to me, and I am in front of a computer, so we're just we're getting to the bottom of this right uh, now. Whatever, what's her name? Rooney, Wayne Rooney, Colleen, Colleen Colleen Rooney. Rooney. We're gonna sleuth right to the bottom of this right now. But um, wait, how can they have had dinner with Native Americans when they are in Canada and we are in America? Thanksgiving or Action de Grace. Fuck you, France. Uh, <laughs> um, or Thanksgiving Day in French, Jour de l'Action de Grâce. 
uh, sometimes called Canadian Thanksgiving to distinguish it from the American holiday of the same name. Yeah, always called that because it's wrong. We don't say American Thanksgiving. We just say Thanksgiving. (laughs) An annual Canadian holiday occurring on the second Monday in October, which celebrates the harvest and other blessings of the past year. Thanksgiving has been officially celebrated as the annual holiday in Canada as an annual holiday in Canada since November 6, 1879. We for sure beat that. That I That's not even hard. Um, and while the date varied by year and was not fixed, it was commonly the third Monday in October. Uh, on January, yada, 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 yada. Uh, and our Thanksgiving was official on... On and off since 1789 and became a federal holiday in 1863. So suck it, Canada. We were there first. Like we always are. You get in line with us and follow us and throw away your friggin' ketchup chips and shut your mouth and just go make more Letter Kennedy episodes and do the only thing you do that matters to us. 1863. Was that when the Civil War ended? Yeah, I was. No, it was right in the middle. I was right in the, I like <laughs> right how they're the like, we got to make a few different things here. We got to say. Got to build a gazebo in that one town John Mulaney. <laughs> went to and we've got to make canadian thanksgiving those are the two things yeah. oh and i'll um, real quick i'll emancipate the slaves and then can and then thanksgiving thanksgiving's real- <laughs> right after and not canadian thanksgiving regular thanksgiving Thanks- regular old thanksgiving <laughs> <everyone>. <laughs> screw canada we got to beat them to the punch people are going to talk about this in a podcast in 150 years I'll, and we got to be <laughs> i like how they said we said like thanksgiving was recognized on and off uh-huh since 17 whatever <laughs> Like one year yeah. ago, is today Thanksgiving? Nah, I don't think we're gonna do it this year. I like the idea that Abraham Lincoln's sitting in the White House and thinking, I think we really need to formalize this thing. This celebration's been too on and off, and somebody in his cabinet was like, uh, Yeah, that's a great idea, boss, but don't we have like more pressing concerns? And Abe's like, No, we do not. Gettysburg every... <laughs> can wait. We gotta fix this shit. Every November, some people decide to eat way too much food. Yeah. And if they're gonna and do they, that, we they, gotta make we it. We should day. all be doing it on the same day because people do it on the first and other people do it on the sixth and then they're all showing up to work turkey hungover on different days we gotta fix that and it was a big big issue for him and he almost lost the presidency because of it i'm gonna be real honest i'm gonna be real honest re-election was tough because thanksgiving was a controversial issue but he made it through, mostly because George McClellan is a little bitch. You heard it here first. Uh, so back to the back to the issue at hand. Uh, Braden Shin scored another goal, remembering his forefathers from years and years before. Braden Shin's Canadian. He scored a goal from Justin Falk, who isn't, and Jaden Schwartz, who also is. And this was weird. This was bizarre. Uh, Dunn dropped to Schwartz at the line. who passed over to Falk, who passed ahead to Shin, who shot from a wide angle, and it went off the stick of an Islanders defender. And it was not Tarasenko's first goal of the season, although it was credited to him, and most of us thought it was that night. Uh, that night at the time, which was great. It wasn't at night because of Canadian Thanksgiving. We already discussed this. I will not go back down that road. But you that day were not mm. getting group text messages in our mm. group message with Jeff Jefferson and uh, other people who will remain nameless. And uh, it's Doug Armstrong. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I 
orchestrated the Justin Falk trade. <laughs> yeah. I did. You weren't getting those text messages, but you were also responding very coherently because we kept circling back to this goal and you kept saying, but I thought it was Tarasenko. Wait, it wasn't Tarasenko? But wasn't it Tarasenko? And it was like filtering into our conversation perfectly until the point where I was like, yeah, yeah no, you're fine. You're right. And uh, you never got any of it. And so. you never responded. <laughs> well, what do you think of these New York Islanders third jerseys? I don't like them. I mm. don't care for them. I know some people really do like them. They're just very vanilla to me like i don't hate them i just think they were very safe maybe because they did the islanders deb- or the fisherman debacle mm-hmm. which is now of course because it's 2019 we've got to think it's retro and cool when it's still, <laughs> it's still awful yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but, um i like i mean they're fine they're not offensive but I think we just was this the one we used to we described at one point as like so safe that it's offensive. Yeah, or was that another one? No, I that was like we the, that was like the, the Jets jerseys. third. Oh yeah, yeah this yeah, one yeah. is though like practice jersey esque. Yeah, where it's I'm like, like, yeah. like is this, you wear this on the ice during games though. I think originally they did these, but they were black mm-hmm. because they were trying to do some weird like we match the Nets and oh, we play the same place yeah, as the yeah, Brooklyn yeah, yeah. Nets. And now that they're moving away from that, that they actually gave them, yeah, Islanders colors again. Still, though, the design, pure trash. Mm, That's for sure true. Uh, The Islanders had 53% of the Corsi and 9 to our 7 shots and 2 to our 1 high danger chances and 0.73 to 0.27 expected goals in the first period. But uh, they left with a 1-0 lead. And then the... Uh, Blues second period, a lot of people called it the be- their best period of the season. I don't know. It's arguably true. We got 10 shots to their four and uh, 66% of the Corsi over the course of the period. But it was more of like a shutdown defensive game, which is fine. We needed that, but we didn't really press the attack and bury another goal. And Varlamov looked fine. Varlamov, excuse me. And um, we entered the third up one to nothing still, but Tarasenko added to that lead very quickly, not very quickly, but quickly enough with another rare power play goal, which I guess isn't that rare if you're getting one every game, but he added it uh, for his first goal of the season, finally Dunn and Shin assisted on this one, Dunn's first assist of the season, he had a goal before he had an assist, strange, Um, Tarasenko got a Tarasenko power play goal. And it came from Vincent. You've seen it. I don't need to describe it to you. You know what it looks like. You've ever had Coke Classic? It's just like that, baby. Um, And, you know, the Blues are up 2-0 in the final 10 minutes and then in the final 5 minutes. And you're thinking, or most of the way the final 5 minutes, and you're thinking, okay, it's not... Not a dominating win, but you iced one away is pretty solid. It's a solid win. It's a nice get-right game. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I really had those words in my head. I was like, okay, this is a get-right game. Get We're fine. Right. We're fine. Get it right. Get it tight. That's what I was thinking. We're fine. <laughs> We were not fine, and <laughs> we were very much not fine. Jaden Schwartz uh, tripped Michael Dalcole entering the zone. Then when he got possession of the puck, it wasn't a tripping penalty, I guess, because he tried to flip it behind him five feet to cross the blue line and couldn't even manage that. Dalcole got up and got it to Brock Nelson, who shot from a wide angle and it beat Bennington short side. Bennington probably should have had that one, but what are you going to do? 
It's two to one. You've got plenty of time to add another goal or just close the door. What do you think the Blues did? Do you think they did either of those, Ian? I thought they would close the door. Mm. And instead, they did stubbed not. their toe. They opened it even wider. <laughs> Doug Armstrong, Come on in, Liz. Doug Armstrong is fond of saying... How do you get the horses back in the barn one at a time? Well, it turns out you can let them out one at a time just as easily. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Doug. <laughs> this was really your fault. Matthew Barzel scored his first of the season, assisted by Johnny Boychuk. When, on another monstrously botched clearing attempt, Boychuk knocked down the puck, threw it, uh, forward to Barzell, who throws it on net, and it's pretty much a mirror of the first goal. It's a wide-angle shot that he just kind of fires into the middle, and it goes off some collaboration of bodies and goes in the net, and Bennington looks devastated. I don't think this is really one he could have done anything about. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to tell exactly where the puck trickled in, but it was such a weird deflection. And I figure generally anything that's deflected or on a one-timer, they don't necessarily have that much that they can do with, you know? Mm. Especially deflections. Like those, if you save them, great, but I'm never going to be like, you fucked that up, you know? So it was 2-2 two to two with 27 seconds left, and the Blues at least held on for a point, something Bernie Federko would emphasize very heavily <laughs> in the post-game show, which really just... Really just pissed me off. <laughs> but uh, Devin Taves would score the winning goal with uh, about 73 seconds expired in overtime. Matthew Barzell got his third assist. And Brock, oh my God, he actually looks like that. Nelson got his second assist. Not a handsome man. Not fetching. Not fetching. When you look and at his name and you look at him, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, like You do true. look like a Brock yeah, Nelson. Yeah, you do. It, it's true. It does, hey, ma- does add up. <laughs> Petrangelo got hobbled on this play by either a shot block or a hit and couldn't get to anybody. And Tarasenko and uh, whoever else was on the ice, maybe Schwartz, uh, but O'Reilly, didn't seem to want to get to anyone. Uh, Barzil took a big loop around the goal, and understandably, Tarasenko and O'Reilly were focused on him, but Devin Taves just drifted into, what was that? Beautiful term you used earlier, uh, clean the, ice, the quiet, quiet ice, ice, quiet ice, small Drifted rice. into very small rice. Ah, that's a throwback. Only, only originals, 90s kids <laughs> will get that <laughs> um, But he drifted into <laughs> quiet ice. You've seen those posts. Yeah, but not the second tier <laughs> draft of 90s no, no, kids, no, no. only the OG no, 90s none kids. None of that second day XFL bullshit, just the original group. Go Badawks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was a super easy 1-2 goal for Taves, no relation to knock in. Bennington skates off immediately in disgust, which is maybe my single favorite hockey thing. And the Blues lose 3-2 to in overtime. The Islanders have 32 shots to our 23, 33 hits to our 22. And they had, on the whole, 54% of the Corsi not counting overtime. And yet, I am told that they blues dominated this game by some i strongly disagree <laughs> um this was a game that felt weird like it felt like a matinee game i was like it was during the day the so that helped it felt like okay this nobody cares about this game most especially the players the arena is 
even emptier than an Islanders arena normally would be. And it's 2 p.m. on a Saturday, on a Monday. It's, what, 3 p.m. where they are, which feels even weirder, like a start time to me. Um, And, you know, it was just generally all-purpose crappy. But you get the two goals and you're like, okay, we're going to win the generally all-purpose crappy game. And I feel like, whatever reason, even though matinees are usually not good for us, I have this very arbitrary feeling that the Columbus Day one is good for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Historically, maybe I think that one time we just hammered the ducks and uh, George Paris flicked Barrett Jackman's <laughs> face. I think that might have been a Columbus Day game, and I'm just inflating that one. But anyway, um, I feel good about Columbus Day games. I did not feel good about this one. And launch, I guess, unless you have specific thoughts on this game, we can just kind of launch into broader discussion. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is just a symptom of the problem, yeah, really. I'd, so the Blues are now 3-1-2, and two, which, don't let anyone fool you, that is 500. That's not better than 500, it is 500. They lost three games. It's better than Batman 500, but it's just 500. Uh, and they haven't played anybody yet. They lost to the Capitals, who are good. Mm-hmm. They beat the Maple Leafs, who are good. That was probably their best game of the mm-hmm. season. Well, they got pretty beat up in it, but they held on for the win. Um, and their other win... We beat Dallas. Their Dallas win was come from behind and good, but yeah. it was real sloppy at the beginning, right? Yeah. And then the um, Ottawa win is just you surviving one of the crappiest teams mm-hmm. in the league. And I'm not in full-blown panic. But I'm not far from it. And I think I talked about this on Twitter. And I think it's the, the there are, I think there are two fan bases right now. Two there are two minds among the fan base. A fan base divided. And, stand. Um I think exactly, right. We must hang together or surely we will all hang separately. Um <laughs> I think there are two minds in the fan base and like there's the one mi- and they're equally valid. So I'm not, I am distinctly in one of these groups, but I'm not calling the other group out or saying they're wrong for feeling this way. I just, I just want to make that clear from the beginning. But I think the one group tends to think this team just won a cup. It's way too early to be upset about anything. We can't criticize this team. They're the team that finally did the thing we've been waiting 52 years for them to do. And we love them, and they're great, and stop freaking out about game six, Mm -hmm. which is very valid, seriously. Mm -hmm. However, I tend to be more in the other group that's like, yes, that team won the cup. Yes, it's incredible. Yes, it was life-changing. Also, this is a whole new season, and they need to be good now, too. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I keep coming back to and again, I, I, I really do think both of those are fair. I think a mixture of both of those is probably healthy right now. But one of the things that I keep coming back to, which is part of the reason I'm worried about us doing the whole, hey, let's lock down everyone from our Stanley Cup roster and just forge ahead with them, is if you can go from worst to first, you can go the other direction. It's the same team. And I'm not being like the doomster and saying that's what we're going to do. I don't think we're going to be worst in the league at any point this season. I don't think we're going to miss the playoffs. But there were substantial flaws on this team that made them 
the worst team in the league last year. And then Jordan Bennington papered over those by being the hottest goalie on the planet. And they rallied around Bennington and they rallied around Berube and they rallied around Brannigan. And uh, the three Bs, <laughs> the three Bs we've always Bennington, talked about. Ruby and Brand again. Man, has anyone said anything <laughs> no, about that? That's good. So. GM, trademark, baby. <laughs> um, Killer but, Bs. Uh, they, they made it work. They did, they did the most incredible sport thing we probably ever watched, certainly for hockey, and mm. they won the cup, and they went and saw the Orange Man this week, and it was great, and that's amazing, but... The flaws don't just disappear, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you paper over a, a hole in the wall, it's still a hole in the wall. And I'm not saying that we'll ever get back to that same point, but I am saying that it's the same roster, with the exception of Bennington and Jordan Falk and, you know, the departure of Maroon and whoever, Edmondson. But, like, it's 99% the same roster. And I'm just saying it's it's a concern of mine. It's a concern when they're not starting very well, especially against kind of crappy competition. I was going to say, yeah, the Blues have uh, the Canucks coming up tomorrow. Canucks are, are are okay team. Currently, I believe they're, let's see, where are they at? They're 3-2-0, so, you know, decent team, Blues-level team currently but then we have uh the canadians again coming Mm -hmm. up this saturday a team that beat us so obviously you can't write them off we have the avalanche who were undefeated until tonight but are still there whatever five oh and one and then you have the kings and then you have the bruins coming up so in the next five games the bruins are going to trounce us that that one's in boston oh they're gonna murder and that's fine because yeah, we did the winning put, yeah. that counts. But... That's what I mean. I don't put a pass and go for it. <laughs> but that's I could still I would bet money on them winning that game. Mm-hmm. So you've got some some prove it games coming up for sure. And, and that's the sort of thing where you can't points now matter like points do in March. The frustrating thing is I keep seeing the Morgan Freeman gif in the notes <laughs> from Jeff and I keep laughing, but the frustrating thing is they're going to win some of those tough games mm-hmm. because they have always played up to tough competition. Mm-hmm. That was true even when they were crappy last year and crappy on the Mikey O missed the playoffs year. They tended to do better against good competition. But that doesn't make sense. You know, we one of our worst games of the season was against Ottawa and we beat them because they were still Ottawa. Mm-hmm. But we clearly showed up and didn't care. And just didn't, we took the night off, basically. And shamefully, Ottawa's so bad that a good team can take the night off and still just <laughs> sew it together so at the sorry, end. But, but, I don't know, man. They've got the Sharks' first round pick and their own. They could be made oh, in the they might be fine. I don't well, see... Wouldn't it be nuts that they picked up, pick like one, two, or two, three, like the Canucks? Especially when they got in the this Sedins? draft. Yeah. Oof. Um, I don't see enough desperation from this team currently. And again, six games in, I get that there's not going to be a lot yet. And they just went through hell, essentially, to win that cup. But, like, just shot totals alone, where, like, the Blues are 28.5 shots for on average in a game. And that is 25th currently in the league. Mm-hmm. How's our special teams? Do you have special teams are actually not too bad. Special teams right now... 
Buffalo Buffalo's power play is forty two point nine percent. Olafson, baby. We are tenth in the league at twenty six point seven percent, and our penalty kill is fourth in the league at ninety one point seven percent. So special teams currently right now doing okay. It's our five on five work, especially our five on five uh, defense that has me worried right now. It makes me wonder. We were talking about it earlier, and I want to remind you of it now about defensive pairings yes yes what do we what do we think of those Uh, here's the thing that's the only thing that's really new because of fog i want to emphasize that uh i think justin falk needs a grace period Mm. i really do he got thrust onto this team that's the stanley cup champion he was with uh carolina's entire career up until this year anywhere else but carolina um he comes here and is thrown right into the lineup and asked to play on his offhand or with an offhanded partner. They make Petrangelo play offhand. Yeah, but they'll, like, again, it's confusing because they'll flip flop yeah, when they're partnered which together. Probably, by the way, isn't great, but that's, you know, my, my own business. But, um, <laughs> just, a, just an observation. <laughs> just, just a thought. I don't know. I just mull that over. But, um, I'm trying to look up some of his special stats, and the site's moving a little slow. But he's not looked good so far. He has two primary assists, no goals, and 119 minutes. 119 minutes. Man, that seems like a lot. <laughs> um, he has 14 shots. Uh, his Corsi 4 is uh, 25. I'm trying to find out how oh, this doesn't have his... Real, uh, there's his Corsi 4 percentage. His Corsi 4 percentage is 51.25. Um, he's got you know on ice plus minus is zero. Um, he's allowed more high danger chances than he's created by a, a decent margin. Um, and his PDO is right at even, so you know, there's nothing terrifying there but he certainly hasn't stepped into to the lineup and dominated or overhauled the power play or anything that you really would hope to see from him and I, and I I do think that's a huge element a huge change on the defense not just for him but for the people playing with him which so far is you know two different lines and um you know those are big changes for Dunn because Dunn's got a new partner every night pretty much which mm-hmm. is not a great system and Petrangelo also has a new partner most nights because they keep switching Falk back and forth and those guys can't find consistency and um the uh you know I I agree with you that while the Bomeister Pareko line was our shutdown line in the playoffs they can't get married to that and just assume that that is never touched mm-hmm. and they never play with that because this is the time to play with that you know this is the time where you say hey what do Pareko and done do together what did Pareko and Falk do together and and figure it out because if if one of those works then great mm-hmm. and if that means Bomeister goes back with Petrangelo or slides down with Dunn fine it's great and you've got a good team still um but I, I and this is something I know we talked about last playoffs and I'm sorry for rambling but I feel like we know that our team is best when the defense is confident and they're jumping into rushes mm-hmm. and they're pinching hard and they're playing aggressive and they're not sitting at the blue line waiting for disaster to strike. And I think I've seen more of 
the waiting for disaster to strike defense so yeah, far this season too much backing in. than I've seen of the other defense and and none of the defenders have any points. Uh, Petrangelo has some, mm-hmm. but Falk has two. Dunn has two. What are you like, Pareko and? I don't think Pareko's Bo a goal as far anything, as I know. So. Bomeister's got at least an assist. Um, so that's not good. We need we need those guys to be a factor offensively. Petrangelo needs to be sniffing 50 points. So does Falk, I think, if mm. we went out and got him. And then, you know, Pareko and Dunn need to be 30-40. That's a lot of points from your defense. That's a lot more than most people get. But that's but you what this it. team can do. And that's for sure. what this team can do. And right now you've got Petrangelo at three points. Bomeister has two. Dunn has two. Falk has two. And Pareko has two. That's not good enough in six games. You need more from those guys. And, um, I mean, it, on the whole season, that would even out to about their paces, I guess, the more I think about it. But it needs to be more consistent and it needs to be better and it needs to be on the power play, which few of those points are right now. So Mm. the defense is my big concern. We haven't had Robert Thomas hardly at all yet. He's Mm. maybe going to come back Thursday. Yeah, I know he was with them for this entire road trip Uh and that made me think that he was going to play in the Islanders game at least, but it was not to be. No reason to rush it if he's not 100%. Just let him come back, but... That'll be big because that third line is bad. Yeah. But I'm ready to stop the Fabry bleeding. I'm just like, let's just pull the plug. <laughs> like, I don't want to be mean, but like, what's he done? He's a minus four in 10 minutes. He's a minus 0.2 point share so far this season. He's not, he can't, he can't keep up on this team. I don't know if he can on another mm. team. And I don't know if, you know, a third, I know a third line role isn't great for yeah. him. He seems like he stands out to me so much and not, and nec- get- yeah, not in a good way. Not like in a bad way. Like he's uh-huh. making all these mistakes, but I just go, yeah, there's, here's the St. Louis Blues and there's Robbie Fabry. Yeah. And, and he listen, doesn't fit on that line even. Wanna, it's just, we, we want good things for I him. I want to emphasize that that sucks ass yeah. because it's not his fault. He was destined for great things and. He was destined to be a centerpiece of this team, and he had really, really crappy injury luck, and that sucks. It destroyed my day when I learned he re-injured his yeah, knee, and was... I can, and that's me as a random human. Yeah. I can only imagine <laughs> what it was like for him. Yeah, but at the same time, like he got to deal with the reality, and you can't be married to sentiment and just hope because. I'm looking at the stats, and he's he's the worst player on the team, and he's played in every game. And, and kudos to Barubi for not pulling the plug too soon. But, you know, other than Tarasenko and Shen has a minus four, which is incredible considering all the scoring he's done. <laughs> yeah, Tarasenko's a minus five. But, not great. But, you know, that, that those numbers for Fabry aren't great. And maybe Thomas can breathe life into his old bones the way he did <laughs> Phil, Pat Maroon or Phil Maroon. <laughs> but um, I would kind of begin the begin the conscious uncoupling process with <laughs> the conscious uncoupling, careful uncoupling. I don't know. Yeah. It's a word. It's a Intentional C. uncoupling with uh, Fabry and mm. just sort of begin that po- process. 
I don't know. What are your thoughts? I've been rambling a whole lot, and I'm sorry about that. No, you're fine. I The third line needs something to it because the issue I have with it more than anything is our second line, or whatever you want to call them, of Blay, O'Reilly, Perron has looked fine. Perron's been a little wishy-washy on some of these penalties, but generally they've looked... Boys look great. Yeah, they've looked great to find. Um, Fourth line, Sunquist, Barbashev, Steen, their limited ice time they have up there, I think they've looked okay. They could be a little bit more improved. First line, hasn't looked great in general. Uh, Schwartz, Shannon, Tarasenko, but I know given the players that they are, they should be fine. Like, uh-huh. they will get back to where they need to be. It's that third line of Bozak, Sanford, Fabry that worries me the most because, like you said, that's a line that really needs Robert Thomas on it. And at that point, I would almost rather just see it be Sanford, Bozak, Thomas. Because um, I think Sanford has, Sanford has a little more to give. Um, I'd rather it not be McKenzie and McEachern there, but you'll do, you do what you gotta do. Um, yeah, Fabry's, Fabry to me, and... I don't mean this like in an exact comparison, but he reminds me of Yakupov, where it's like you're on this team, but I don't feel like you're a part of this mm. team. And I don't mean like players, you know, dislike them or something like that. I just mean like you don't feel like you fit what this team is currently, and you're not gelled with them on the ice. Yeah. And maybe that's just the role he's being deployed in, but again, he hasn't done anything to make me think. I've seen people go, well, he needs top six. You know, he needs to be top six to, for his skill set. But and I'm like, he hasn't. You can't just put him up there. I, you... I agree. I tend to agree, yeah. honestly. He needs, he can't, he's not a defensive player anymore, mm. obviously. And but that third line should still be fine. He yeah. should still be able to display who he is on that third line. Yeah. That third line is not some grinding line. Right. So it's not like when we were popping him in on the fourth line last year. Yeah. Just hoping. Yeah. Know, or you're was... not playing with like, um, Bozak or Bozak, Brodziak and Upshaw. And yeah. we go, you'll just be here on the right wing and do your thing. Um, yeah. So Don't I tend to be afraid to play your game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to get back to our game, Steve. We just got to get back to it. Yeah. We got to impose our game on the other team who of course will have no say no, on whether or not, not we, what we do. So I get, I shouldn't, we shouldn't talk about it as like this is just Fabry is the only problem or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's the line that sticks out to me the most, whereas I think other ones have gelled or are going to gel and have the potential to do so. Maybe when you put Robert Thomas back in there after a couple of games of the third line still doesn't look good, maybe then you shake it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe then you do something where you toss, I don't know, you shift everybody. It feels like they still have pairs that they like. They still like Schwartz and Shen together. Uh, I think they still like you know O'Reilly and Perron together. So maybe you start shifting people like Tarasenko or you start shifting guys like Blay around mm-hmm. and stuff and moving them between some of these lines to get people going. Um, it might work. It might be something they need to do. Offensively, like I said, we're not doing terrible. It's just I'd like to see, again, more production from a Tarasenko or a Schwartz. Yeah, I think I, I would say this Canucks game calls for a real shakeup, and I don't think we're going to get one. But What game mm-hmm. is that going to be? Game seven? seven? I feel like... This can be a fine thing where you sit with this team for. I would like a shakeup, like you said. I agree with you. If this game, ten. I'm thinking ten. Yeah, the ten game yeah. mark is where you go. Okay, this we need something different. I if just you're think... still, if you go, let's say you go 500 over these next mm-hmm. two games or worse, you most certainly need to change something. 
I just, I, you got to remember that while the Stanley Cup final is the most important series you'll ever play and it's a pressure cooker and it's ridiculous, it's still like a, a weird sample size and mm-hmm. you can't just be like, this worked in the Stanley Cup final, so it will work forever. Mm-hmm. And I think... If, you know, Blay's going good and Tarasenko's not, swap him for a while. Mm. Maybe that sucks for Blay a little bit, but maybe it wakes Tarasenko up and Tarasenko needs to be a 40-goal scorer more than Blay needs to be a 20-goal <laughs> scorer. And we want 20 goals. I, you know, you, I just, you can't get married to things that aren't working. That's mm. a weird... That's a weird approach for me. And to, to your point, too, about the playoffs being different than, you know, it working in the playoffs and then it not working now. Zach Sanford sucks. There you go. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't, I can't remember who it was that said this or where I read it or something where it's like, some of the questions about the Blues where it's like, man, they're really good at grinding another team down. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do next year when they've become accustomed to, I can grind this team down. Well, not only just and that, but penalties. you play you play that we play the Islanders. Uh-huh. We really ground them down, but we lost. We'll 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 beat them in game two. Oh wait, game two is not against the Islanders. Uh-huh. It's against a whole different team. Oh, yeah. okay, so we can't just grind teams down <laughs> over like the course of a seven game yeah. series. No, that's you got to beat them in three periods. That's a really good point, and I think. But you're right; it does open it up, though. It's like now you kind of have to beat them a little more offensively. You gotta you have to change things up. You rarely is it how you play in the playoffs going to work throughout the season for you. At the end of the day, too, I don't... I don't know. I'm I'm going to say this, and it's probably going to be controversial. I don't, oh. I don't think this team has enough offensive firepower on a day-to-day basis. I don't think it's I'd good agree. enough offensively. Ryan O'Reilly is a phenomenal player, but he's not a traditional scorer. Vladimir Tarasenko hit 40 goals and has fallen ever since then, and appears to be struggling again this season. Um, Jaden Schwartz, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Braden Shin, maybe is a 30-goal scorer. But are you going to count on But he's on not going to yeah. be there every year. And maybe he will be this year because he's red hot to start. But, like, I feel like this is, an, this is an offense that treats Vladimir Tarasenko as, like, he's the guy that's, like, go score goals guy and that just doesn't happen and we don't have guys that we can just say we need a goal right now these guys need to be on the ice and i Mm. think i think that works in the playoffs obviously worked in the playoffs because the goals are weird and over a seven game series you can just beat up on a team and and look at the playoffs we dominated the final game of every series Mm. because of just what you were talking about you know we we beat up on teams and we wore, wore them down and we injured them. And, you know, it's a little bit of dirtiness in there, but most of it was just grit. And we intentionally broke Zeno Chara's We intentionally jaw. broke his Braden Shen did jaw that with a face. On there was some weird stuff, though, at that point where they were like, this is like, this is part of the Blues game plan. And I'm like, it's not that's what i mean we were <laughs> like, so we were such the grinding team yeah, that they were like, like oh that's what they do yeah, like pucks like, into people's jaws. jaws but yeah um, i mean people thought we were like a dirty ass team because we were just playing we, crazy physical which i don't care at all oh, i would happily be the most hated team that ever wins mm. six stanley cups in 10 years but um but yeah that's that's my point is like 
I don't know how well that works over mm-hmm. the course of a whole season. And I do wonder... Baruby is obviously here for a long, long time, and I'm and he should be. I'm not saying that, but I wonder if he's got the right people around him mm-hmm. to make him to complement his shortcomings, which I would say would probably be on the offensive slash strategizing end. I haven't seen a lot from Savard yet. Not that again, it's seven six games so you know we're not but he's greatly disappointed <laughs> this with a grain of salt but please come on um, our show. yeah please join our show mark but it's just like I, i'd be interesting to know what the strategies are it doesn't seem like we have a lot of cohesion yet and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like apart from that second arguably first line whatever you want to call them like we have a lot of certainty about what our roles are and who should step up where and that's just, I mean, obviously troubling to me. And I think, I I do think the tendency to just write all this off is probably a little dangerous hmm. because you can write it off for half a season and then realize how deep you are in the hole, mm-hmm. you know, which we didn't do last year, but we might do this year. And I'm not saying we'll be that deep in the hole again either, but I'm just saying like fix these things quicker and don't let them just kind of linger and then you're fine you know yeah. but and i'm sure they're going about fixing these things too but it did scare me a little bit after the islanders game that Bruby essentially that was really just like bothered eh, you know we played a really good game but you just kind of let it go and there were a number of people do? who had that kind of thing where it's like yeah and sure if either of those pucks get that extra two feet and cross the blue line then you win this game but at the same time they didn't mm-hmm. and you didn't as you always don't as you always always haven't and bennington made some quote about this too where it's like well we just got to learn to put away teams what is gonna what's it gonna take (laughs) what are you gonna learn (laughs) doug armstrong said the knife thing so Mm. long ago he might have had hair it's like (laughs) and and i and that's the thing too it's one thing to do that's not something to freak out about you gotta do it game to game they've lost one game in regulation they have eight points they're fine I get that. I really do. And I don't want to be the the doom and gloom guy, but like figure it out, get it through your head, you know, go find the guys who are going to, are going to bash the goal in the net. And if you, that's, that's the concern I have with committing to all the players we've committed to is I don't know where we add the scoring now. I don't know if we call up Clem Costin or Jordan Cairo. And if we do, I don't know where they play. And, I don't know what the long-term plan is with Jaden Schwartz. Are we going to keep him? Or are we going to let him walk? He used to be the straw that stirs the drink. He ain't mm. stirring much lately. I got to <laughs> be honest with empty. you. Um, and Robert Thomas, I, this team will be very different with Robert Thomas in the lineup. And I think that'll be one of the interesting things to see when he comes back. Is it like an immediate, like, oh, oh. So he's like... The He's the new straw. Yeah, yeah. No, but like seriously, yeah, yeah. he really could be a similar sort of role where it's like he's the guy who gets on the ice and normalizes things and creates chances and then maybe gets a roll up the lineup. But like that's a big piece missing and I think because he's so young we kind of like overlook it. Yeah. But at the same time we won the Stanley Cup without him. You know, he was hurt at the end of that series too, so you shouldn't be that bad without him. Um <laughs> I don't know. It's just a, it's an amalgamation of things, and I, I think 
the defense is a big part of it. They have to start pinching more and playing with more confidence and aggression, and some of that is on Falk. Um, Petrangelo, you've done to a certain extent. Those guys have to make more of an impact too, and it's a whole it's a whole team effort to suck this bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, no one's no one's to blame completely for all this. Yeah, I don't, much I like winning the cup was a are, team but... effort, so was losing for yeah. this team. Yeah, I don't know. At least we're not the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. The San Jose you know? Sharks, who are currently, are they getting just trounced by the Hurricanes? Uh, I bet they are. Three to one. Canes. I don't know. Just this three to one. That doesn't help me at all. <laughs> Tell me more things. Um, yeah, and there, this whole division, our division currently, like, if we, if you want on a more positive side, it's a bunch of haves and haves nots right now. Uh, Colorado leading the division with 11 points, Nashville followed with eight, tied with St. Louis and Winnipeg, both with eight points. Then how does Winnipeg cobbled together eight games? How many? They have eight. They have eight games played for eight points versus us and Nashville of six. That's what I was gonna ask. That's what I was gonna ask. Chicago, how many games do you think Chicago's played? Like four. Four. Yeah, I knew they're they were. one, two, and one, so they have three points. <laughs> how bad? How bad do way? you feel when you're when for Dallas when you're Chicago and you're four games played and you're one, two, and one with three points, and then Dallas, who has played twice as many games, eight games, has the same amount of points, one, what six, and one. What happened there? So why don't we take this opportunity to just go around the league yeah. a little bit. What's going on in Dallas? I don't know, man. They should they not be this bad. They can't score. They have only 15 Sh- goals. Jake They've allowed ben 26 goals. Is a shell of himself, I think. That's a big part of it. Jamie Ben's falling off a cliff. Yeah, like he had hard that miles. real, real hardcore regression. That real David Backus. I was, just, I was just about to say, um, like old David Backus esque. And he was regressing from a higher point, oh, but that doesn't fall. mean he didn't regress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's a problem, and I don't think Tyler Sagan's been as good as he should be. But they also added Pavelski and Heiskanen is extraordinary. And I know I say that a lot and people are probably sick of it, but that kid is special, special. Um, and Klingberg should be really good and they've got some good young prospects. They shouldn't be, what are they, one and six? One, six, one, one yeah. Good God. You can come back from anything, but when you're starting that I don't bad. think they can. I think they are done. I don't think they're really? getting to the playoffs. Oh, damn. What, how do you... I mean, in this division, you can't... They've played two more games than us and have five fewer points. They play... What's That's pretty seismic, even just two weeks in the season. I, obviously, they could come back two hot weeks and get them right back <laughs> in it, but I just think they set them up on the wrong trajectory. To be fair, we said the Blues could never come back last yeah. year. Well, that's the thing. We were a lot later in the season than this, so I'm not actually writing them off. But they play, on Friday, they play very hot Pittsburgh. Thanksgiving's not that far away. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Canadian Thanksgiving's already up. There's that. Although, Adam Wilde does think that games in this part of the season don't matter, so. That's true. They really don't. Are they only those games matter? Ooh, Evander Kane's, so I guess the Sharks are had the three goals because they had a first period hat trick from Evander Kane. Kane? Oh, damn. Yeah, there's just some weird there's some weird things going on <laughs> in this league right now. Edmonton's five and one. 
James Neal's uh, you know, has whatever eight nine goals now already when he had seven of all of last year. Uh, you've got let's see, you've got Buffalo leading the Atlantic. They're five zero and one. You have Carolina leading the Metropolitan six one and zero. The Pittsburgh Penguins, who are supposedly I was told are very bad, are five and two. Uh, you've got New Jersey, who hasn't won a single game yet. They're the only team that's completely winless. They're o four and two. They've given up at least two four one leads or four even o leads in two of those losses. Let's do a let's do a quick round of buy or sell. Okay. You know we did it last week, but just with these teams, are you buying the five and one Oilers? And by that I mean they're not gonna win five out of every oh, six games. You, but do you no, think I'm no, I'm selling for real this year. Okay, I think Miko Koskin is gonna fall apart, and James Neal isn't quite a seventy goal scorer, <laughs> whatever phase he's on. I tend to agree. Uh, I'd like them to make the playoffs. The, I think that'd be fun. The but. four and two Ducks. I'm gonna sell because John Gibson has had to be a god to get them this far. Yeah, it's like it's only been six games, he so he's fine for now. Games. Yeah, I'll sell. The two and four, maybe about to be three and four Sharks. Are you buying them as really bad? I am selling on them too. I don't think they're this bad. They're not this yet. Bad. I the, think this is a couple of years away from exactly what they'll the be. The Eric Carlson extension was a disaster. Mm-hmm. It already looks like a disaster. Dude can't turn. Yeah. You need to turn. <laughs> you need to have working hips. Oh, you didn't. Did you even mention the one in five Minnesota Wild? Oh, well, I mean, that's not. I, didn't I think buy. Bye, bye, bye on that. <laughs> bye, bye, baby. Um, Savers of 5 0 and 1? say it sell yeah they're not that good i want to buy there might be a playoff team i want to buy said Mulder in that <laughs> x-files episode i'm sure didn't they uh didn't they have that 10 game win streak last year and still mm. miss the playoffs? and then they had the worst record after that in the entire league that's right that's right baby um, so yes that gives me a little trepidation panthers are struggling red wings are struggling canadians are struggling all three of those, two of those teams are two, two, and two, and the third is three and three. Um, Hurricanes at six and one. Are you buying that they're really, really good? I think um, I am. I mean, nobody's this good. Nobody's yeah, I won't buy exactly this, seven. but yeah, I'll buy that they're a good team that's going to make you the playoffs and make plenty of noise. That division. Ooh, in the Metro? I think I do. Yeah, you know what? Sure, because I don't. Crappy division. I think it's anyone's game, anyone's division over there, generally speaking. Uh-huh. And I think they're one of the best anyone's over there. And finally, uh, where are you buying John Hines a bus ticket to? Because <laughs> he's certainly being fired. Um, I'm they are the last winless team in the NHL. Not great. I'm buying a ticket straight. To Azkaban. <laughs> Where Voldemort, Voldemort. Um Yeah, I mean, I understand that there are still holes in the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Just because you have Gusev and Subban and Hughes and Sim- Simmons to a much lesser extent. Um, all on your team. I mean, <laughs> Heischer, Hall. I mean, shit. I don't, like, just all the people I named. They can't be over and two. But you also have Corey Schneider, who's not a good goalie anymore mm-hmm. i'm told he is but i watch him and he's not so who knows 
And I don't think their defense is really great. Like, P.K. Subban, people are like, oh, he's going to improve the defense. Like, he was never really, like, some this defensive stalwart in the first place. I saw someone cite that he won the Norris Trophy, and so he is. But I was like, but that's also for scoring, so who cares? Yeah, the Norris Trophy is a It's a joke. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm definitely selling on them being 0-4-2. But I don't know what you're... I don't know who is out there for them as a coach. I mean, maybe anyone's better at this point. But you have to salvage your season because this is your season to show Taylor Hall that you are a good team and he should stay there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to, though. I think they're going to trade him. Uh, yeah. But because of the salary cap. I mean, I guess. They I might don't, have to I'm not a big anti-salary cap guy. I do think it should lift in February. And you should just be able to make the trades you want to make that'd be fun because at that point you're compliant you know you i mean maybe not lift but maybe just raise by five million or something yeah give you a little Get wheel a room. guy in under the cap without having to like gut your team or throw some weird salary dump shenanigans bullshit i like that um yeah i mean it's an interesting year it's definitely not what we expected and it's six games into the season for most eight for some four for some because fuck you nhl but the new york rangers have played three games holy Moses. yeah did you have any uh any more blues stats you wanted to look at i know you had some you wanted to uh, maybe talk about it was more just talking about how we're allowing way more shots than yeah. we are generating them currently and i mean you've seen that the last two games that's the disturbing trend for me is that if you're not gonna if you're gonna give up the possession like that then at least have a, a defense that can handle it and we can't currently we're just we're our own worst enemy yeah yeah it's uh i don't know we've got we will have four games between now and when we next record on friday because yeah. we'll be out of town for the wedding and then going to the game on thursday mm-hmm we could totally feel differently by next week. I'm Who go- is it? Yeah. You said the Canucks, Canucks is, Habs, the... Yeah, can, let's see. Canucks, Habs, or Canucks, Canadians. Yeah, I got you. Um, well, just for Two the people... different slurs for, the pe- for Canadian For the people, people at home. So, yes, Canucks tomorrow, Canadians on Saturday, Avalanche on Monday, and then Kings on Thursday. Those are all Hot home dog. games. It's the return of the hot dog. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, man, last time I went to a Blues-Kings game, someone got fired, baby. <laughs> it's going to uh, be and, this year. And that's going to be game 10, so you never know. As we said, there's going to need to be changes by game 10 if they suck. So yeah. um, I'm optimistic that they can go above 500 in this stretch. It also scares me because last year if trends are continuing from last year last year we were bad at home Mm -hmm. and we've got four games at home so please win them also the canucks scare me because they drubbed us twice last year um yeah i think this is a good stretch of games to prove what you got here i think so too we'll see how we feel where as your final parting shot unless you have more to say or talk about um do you have more to say or talk about not really. I'm glad that the guy that introduced Petrangelo at the White House. Oh, we forgot yeah, about see, that. We got to talk. We got to talk about that for like two minutes. The guy who introduced him who was not Trump. Uh, said, "Oh God," he said, "Per trunch, per trunchelo," <laughs> but not the way I just said it. He said it with confidence. He said, "Alex Petrangelo," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> barf." 
So I just want to say, I mean, and this is not a political thing at all, but I just want to say that from time to time I think about who our president is. And I think that while we're all caught in the furor of one side screaming about how he's the evilest man on the face of the planet, the other side screaming about how it's all winch hunt and he's a saint and mm-hmm. he needs to be canonized. I think we forget that Donald friggin Trump is president and that's the funniest thing that ever <laughs> the happened. The picture of him holding <laughs> that blues jersey yes. up with the blues there is like, like you said, just like the weirdest. The more you look at it, the weirder it gets. Like and what as, reality as is much this? as everybody wants to say, and I, you know, I'm not, picking sides on this at all everyone's entitled their their own opinion but as much as people want to say i wish the blues had met a different president sure i get that there was no funnier scenario (laughs) there was no more hilarious like like if i told you in just say 2012 again Mm -hmm. that it's like for the blues to win the stanley cup donald trump's gonna have to become president like that would have been something we might have just said like mm-hmm. the same way we say, well, when pigs fly, mm-hmm. you know, like, and now it's happened. They both happened. The folks, it needed to happen for the Blues to win the cup. Yeah. Something almost more impossible had to happen. <laughs> exactly. And as as serious as politics are, and as much as we want to take them seriously, occasionally I just think we should maybe step back and realize that in a broader in a broader scheme, it, it's it's ridiculous it's it's utterly absurd but yeah i mean i think it was fun to see the guys up there obviously not all of them were very comfortable or excited to be standing with uh president trump but he's also not most of their presidents so uh, and their guy's got his own issues (laughs) i was gonna say yeah we're not in the clear it's all bad (laughs) but bennington had his little moment there and uh trump Trump's funny on his feet, you know, so he had fun with the guys and, and it was a goofy little ceremony. And I don't know, you know, I got to see the blues in the Rose Garden holding a stand. Yeah, that's kind of nuts. As much as the scenario may not be ideal, I'm going to just kind of be like, wow, that's something I never yeah, thought I'd enjoy see. it for so, what it is. And I do like, I mentioned this on our other podcast, third reference, Beetlejuice is coming. Um, <laughs> but what if that podcast just started right now automatically on your podcast players? Let us know if it did. But anyway. Alexa, um, play uh... <laughs> Oh, no, she's not oh, actually no. muted. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Silence. Uh, but I mentioned this there. Um now I forgot what I was going to say. What was I ramping up to? Oh, you oh I like how podcast. I like how we uh, didn't visit the White House when we were playing the Capitals. We just went at some other time. <laughs> Probably he has a trip scheduled then or something. We but... mentioned how like the Blues played in Toronto because we thought maybe it was because they had to give the rings back and everything. Uh-huh. But you know what occurred to me when I was talking to a coworker about this the other day. They schedule that crap way ahead of when yeah. people are like winning the cup and whatnot. That's so true, yeah. you just show up whenever you show up. That's true, and it worked. It worked. Um, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, be better, Blues. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe yeah. that you will no, be. I'm not panicking yet. Oh, that's the final question I wanted to ask. You. Oh, we've talked. <laughs> we haven't dusted it off for a while because the Blues are Stanley Cup champions. But where <laughs> are you on the panic meter from a? From an everything is fine and the Blues just won the Cup Zero to uh, um, Jake Allen is a net blindfolded and all of his defenders are Dan Hynout. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, I'm at a lukewarm 
two. Yeah. Two to three. I was going to say four, but that's too high. It's probably a three. There's no reason to freak out yet. Um, if the trend continues, I'll be up at a four. If this is another, if we go two and two this week and the first two don't look great, you know us. You know us, ladies and gentlemen. You know who we are. The we Two are. Guys, One Aneurysm podcast. <laughs> That's right. We will not hide the truth. We are dogged in our pursuit of the truth. Just dogged. Uh, so until we next meet, as we settle, it should be next Friday. Ian's going to be go give his best man speech. So mm. best of luck to you. We'll, we'll all be praying. <laughs> Here's a preview. I'm going to dagger him. <laughs> Uh, we look forward to hearing tales of that and of your first, second visit, your first two visits to Enterprise Center this year because you're yeah. going tomorrow night and next Thursday. And uh, until then, I would just say, uh, screw you, Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>